the Patelli Like It Is podcast. This is Matthew Patelli, and today's episode, we're going to touch on a few different topics. The most uh, relevant one will be the impeachment that took place yesterday. But before we get into that, I just want to uh, talk about a few issues that are a whole lot smaller, but have just been on my mind. Uh, the first one is the one with the 16-year-old Greta Thunberg and how the president on Twitter attacked a 16-year-old girl. Um, you know, you can talk and debate and discuss whether you think it's fair game to go after her because she's put herself in the public light with what she's done and she's created, you know, all this... Uh, controversy around her and news and she's done that by choice so i can see where some would say you know it, it's fair game to criticize what she's doing or, or her stance or or so on but what's not fair game is for grown men online or grown women as well to attack a 16 year old girl i mean if we can't agree on that there's a major issue we all have. She's 16 years old. She has Asperger's. And I constantly see grown men attacking her online and making comments about her and laughing about her. That is beyond the pale. And then she also brings out all the climate change deniers and nut jobs who, for some reason continue to think they have the credentials to argue with uh, a 97% consensus on the fact that climate change is happening and it's being caused by human activity. This is another instance that just blows my mind. You don't know much about anything of the science of climate change, but you're so sure that the 97% consensus from the people who do this for a living, this is their expertise. You're so sure that their findings are wrong. Again, this makes no sense. Um, you know, I don't know either, you know, 100% of what's going on with the science, but I do know that somebody knows. And I know that there are also other people who know and can check and verify each other's work. I know there are experts out there who know much more than me on certain topics. I also know I don't have the time or the mental uh, bandwidth to figure every individual thing out for myself. Neither do you. So what we do as uh, a civil society is we lean on the expertise of people who do. We lean on those people who check those experts because they are also experts in those fields. And then we take their findings and we try to understand them to the best of our abilities. And for some reason with climate change, you have people out there who just refuse to do this. And they don't do this in any other area of their life. I mean, for instance, you know, when you wake up and you check the weather and you see the UV index for the day, you don't know how that UV index was calculated for the most part. Most people don't know that. But we do know that somebody knows how to calculate it. 
we do know that somebody knows what the tides are going to be at the time of the day. We also know that there are people out there who can predict and track down to the very minute when an eclipse will happen. Do you know how to do that? No. But again, we trust in experts that do know how to do this. And you'll have some people say, oh, I'm making an appeal to authority. I'm really not. What I'm making an appeal to is the process for which we come to find these things out. I'm not making an appeal to any one person. Making an appeal to logic, to math, to, to reason, to science, and knowing that there are people out there who know how to do these things because that's what they study for a living. They've been tested and they've been put through the, the rigor of being an expert in their field. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating to me that you get these people on online who, uh, who just don't understand this and they swear that, you know, they know more about the situation or at least enough to question large amounts of experts in the field when it comes to climate change. It's completely asinine. It makes no sense. And like I said, they don't apply that same, that same uh, mode of thinking to any other area of their life. You add on to it, you maybe tweak some things, you find some faults, some errors, and you fix them. But you don't start from scratch. And the people who seem to be doing this with climate change are just fascinating to me. And Greta has seemed to um, really trigger all these people and bring them out from underneath their rocks. And uh, I've had many collisions with them online. And uh, it's one thing that just continues to baffle me time and time again. But uh, you know, moving on from Greta and climate change and, and, and how I feel about that, um, let's jump into the impeachment that happened yesterday. So we had an historic moment in this country where the, uh, the third president ever to be impeached was impeached. The other two being uh, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. Both were acquitted in the Senate uh, like... Trump will be acquitted in the Senate. Uh, you need a you need a majority, two thirds majority in the Senate to convict and actually remove the president. So that's sixty seven votes. Um, that's not going to happen. I, there's only forty five Democrats, I believe, and two independents in the Senate. And we know how the Republicans are going to vote and where they stand. With President Trump, they've been enabling him since day one. Um, they've been looking the other way to his blunders abroad, his absolutely just asinine Twitter uh, takes and his terrible stance on tariffs, and which they were once, you know, the party of free trade, and, and now all of a sudden they're backing the, the the man who calls himself the tariff man. So they've completely just succumbed to Donald Trump. Um, they're going to keep 
backing him. They're not going to vote to remove him. They're going to probably try to draw this trial out as long as possible because that's what Trump wants to happen. And Mitch McConnell is in charge of the, tr- the, the trial in the Senate, and he's basically a lackey of Trump at this time. Um, so it, it's not looking like he's going to be removed. So that leads us to the next Next uh, question I, I get a lot is, so then why did the Democrats do this if they know that the Senate was never going to actually convict to remove him? Well, there's a couple reasons for that. I, one is, regardless of whether or not they think the Senate is going to convict Trump, they have to still do their their constitutional duties. Um, you know, Congress believes that Trump committed impeachable offenses, so they held hearings and they gathered evidence to prove that he did commit impeachable offenses, and they impeached the man. So, you know, they they have oaths to uphold, and that's why they did it. From Now, from the practical standpoint, like, what does it get them? Um, I think it gets them... As they run against Trump in 2020, whoever the Democratic nominee is, it gets them the ability to say that they're running against an impeached president. Donald Trump has been impeached. You'll see commercials, I'm sure, from you know wall to wall about how he's been impeached, and you know he there's an impeached president still in office, and that's who Democrats are running against. And it also allows them to maybe talk to the voters directly and say, you know, are you going to vote for an impeached president? Like, is that how you want to cast your vote? So those are two of the political, practical things it gets them um, without actually having him removed from office, which, like I said, is is an, a near uh, impossibility. It's just not going to happen. But it also can allow them to tie many of the Republican senators who aren't going to vote to remove him from office to that. It ties them so they can say the next time that that senator is up for for re-election, they can run campaigns against that senator saying things like, you know, you, you voted to keep a president in office where there was a lot of very strong evidence that he committed impeachable offenses and, you know, use his presidency as an abuse of power. Um, so, I mean, I mean, those are the practical reasons why I think the Democrats did what they did. They didn't just do it. And everyone, you know, on the right is like, oh, they're, you know, they're just wasting money. They're just wasting time. They're not getting any, anything done in terms of policy and laws for the, the people of this country. That's, to me, why they did They're trying to play the long game with this. They're trying to be a little more subtle than what people um, are seeing uh, in front of their eyes on a day-to-day basis with the impeachment hearings. Now, Trump went on an absolute tirade on um, Twitter once he found out, like, you know, the day of impeachment that he knows he's going to get impeached. And uh, it was pretty entertaining, not going to lie. He's like a petulant child. So it definitely makes for some good uh, fun reads if you you read his tweets and the terrible grammar he has. Or if you read that um, 
think it was like a seven-page letter he sent to Nancy Pelosi. That's a good one, too. This leads me right into uh, the next area, which ties into the impeachment. Memes online. First of all, it's pronounced memes, not men's. So if you're out there and you're one of the people who pronounce it that way, please stop. But memes online, the short, you know, little pictures you see with a few words tied to them, and they try to condense sometimes very complex, very nuanced topics into about seven words. And majority of the time, they fail in really uh, diving into whichever they're, whatever they're trying to explain. And then even more so, I'll see there, there are quite a few that are just completely wrong and false. And people read them, it rings a bell because it plays on their, their preconceived biases that they already have, and they share them around, and it spreads like wildfire, and more misinformation gets spread, and more and more people eat it up, and then you have some people who don't know, so they're just unsure, and they see it, and they're like, oh my god, is that true? They don't have the time, or they don't care to look it up to find out if it's true. And the latest one I see going around is the one that claims that, I think, Biden, Romney, Pelosi, and one more of those. There's another one. I can't remember off the top of my head right now that their sons, or Kerry's son, John Kerry's son, that they're all tied to Ukrainian energy companies uh, of some sort. And isn't it a coincidence that, you know, they all uh, are trying to get Trump impeached or at the very least they don't like President Trump? This meme is not true. Um, so if you see it, just don't share it. it. It's not accurate. Um, you take the first one, Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul Pelosi Jr. Um, he was once on a board of a American energy company named Viscoil that has since dissolved and then it reformed in Singapore under a different name. The only slight connection to Ukraine at all that Paul and this company, Viscoil, which was then dissolved and showed up under a different name, uh, is there is a Ukrainian singer, actress named Mika Newton, who once promoted um, the company and the work that they do um, on a YouTube video in the internet. I mean, that's as close as it comes. So if, if you want to sum the whole thing up, Paul Pelosi served on the board of Viscoil at one point in time. A Ukrainian singer is alleged to have promoted the company at one point in time. But Pelosi was off the board when that happened, and that's the extent of it. And people are trying to draw some sort of direct line to this and Nancy Pelosi and Ukraine and money and, oh, look at this shady business. It's not. Um, but again, memes online, they're, uh, they're a lot of times they're funny and, you know, they're, they're just to joke. But a lot of times, too, man, they just infect people's minds with so much wrong information. And it's, it's very hard to try to combat this because people, they don't know a lot of this stuff. And they don't, like I said, take the time to, to go look it up. And they just see the meme, rings a bell. They take it. That's what they remember. These short little seven, eight word 
memes and they, uh, you know, regurgitate them whenever they are talking to somebody about these topics. And it's terrible um, for our society. So then if we move on to one of the other um, people that are mentioned in this meme, which is John Kerry. And his son in question is Chris. It's actually his stepson. And um, Chris is a businessman. And he's had, you know, experience in private equity and venture capital um, investments, consulting firms, and so on. Uh, he he knows Hunter Biden and another man named Devin Archer. And when Biden and Archer would later serve on the board of Burisma, um, Chris never actually did. As a matter of fact. Chris advised Archer against joining the board when both he, Archer, and Hunter didn't listen to Chris and didn't heed his warning. Chris actually ended his business relationship with both of them. So Chris Hines, the stepson of John Kerry, never actually served on a board of an energy company, nor has he ever traveled or worked in the Ukraine coming from a spokesman for John Kerry. Um, so again, this is just false. Um, but somebody writes a funny little meme and you already have, uh, you know, biases towards one way and you, you think it's true and you just spread it around. And then, um, you know, we all, then we all know about um, Hunter Biden, which I will completely concede that, you know, should he be on the board of a foreign uh, energy company getting paid like 50K a month? No, he shouldn't. And, you know, he got that position, I'm sure, because of, you know, his father being the vice president. Um, and that's, you know, definitely an issue that we need to uh, address in this country in terms of, you know, legacy and just being handed things because of who you're, you know, lucky enough to be who your parents are. Um, but that's a completely different topic. You know, they're they're lumping in uh, Pelosi's son and Kerry's son and Romney's uh, son, or I'm sorry, Kerry's stepson. And, and um, it's not true. None, none of that is actually true. But when you put all four of them together and you see that four different people's children, all of which the parents of are in some way against Donald Trump, you think it's some conspiracy and they're out to just get the man and impeach him and remove him because he's digging up dirt on what their children are doing. That's not accurate at all. Um, this just comes back to one of the major issues with Trump's presidency. It's the most pernicious uh, thing he does. It's his complete disdain for the truth. The man has told... Uh, over 15,000 false or misleading claims, according to a recent Washington Post uh, report. This is his plan. His plan is just to clog up the airways with just false information everywhere. So much so that, you know, the, the, the average person just gives up. You kind of throw your hands up and you say, like, I, I don't know which way is up. I don't know where to look for the truth because, 
you know, there's so much false information out there that you just don't bother digging through it and trying to get to reality. Um, you know, you just go back to whatever you do, your video games, your sports, you know, whatever you do, and you just shut it out. And that's what he wants to happen. Because the more people that shut that out, the more people that are seeking the tr- that aren't seeking the truth, the better off he is, and he can tell his lies with a be- you know with just pure reckless lies. Um, and this this ends up working for him because there are a lot of people that have checked out, and this is where it comes into you know people bring up 1984 with George Orwell. This is more like um, a Brave New World. Where, you know, it's not that books were banned, it's that no one wanted to read books. Um, you know, people don't have, they feel like they don't have the energy or the time to sift through all, all the garbage to find the, the kernels of truth uh, buried in there. And this is really how democracy dies. This is how the country you're currently living in one day you wake up and it's no longer a democratic republic. Um, you know, it's, it's very subvert and eventually it just succumbs to the, the falsehoods and the inaccuracies being thrown around with abandon on a daily basis. And we can't let that happen. We have to, um, you know, fight against it. We have to point out where, things are false, where things are, you know, lies come up. And this is what happens, you know, with memes like this. This is why you need to dig a little deeper on certain things before you just go ahead and share them around on social media because it really does infect people's minds, especially when people have the uh, the, the biases they already have. You know, you're far more likely to seek out information that's going to reinforce your way of thinking that's going to uh, hunker you down on your side than you are to go seek out information uh, and counterpoints to your worldview. So it's, it's easily eaten up. And to a certain degree, it's worked because, you know, you still have people out there who, you know, whole cloth support Donald Trump and the false claims he makes on a day-to-day basis um, aren't a determining factor to change their support for the man. So if you want to just quickly sum up that meme, um, Pelosi's son Paul brief- briefly served on the board of an American energy company. It was dissolved in 2010. There's no evidence he had dealings with the company um, with Ukraine while he was on the board. Kerry's stepson Chris had worked with Hunter and another a former Burisma board member, but he severed ties with both of them after they joined the energy company in 2014. And there's absolutely zero evidence that any of Romney's sons have served on the board of any energy companies with ties to Ukraine. I mean, but this is how it works, people. This is how authoritarians move. This is how authoritarians end up becoming dictators. They have to control the narrative 100% of it 100% of the time. And being that America is the way it is, if someone's going to come in and try to do what Trump's doing, it's very difficult to, to, to be the first one. We have a free press. Um, 
you know, we don't have any of our websites banned like they do in China. And, you know, you can't go on Facebook, you can't go on YouTube. So we can get a lot of information from a lot of different areas. So it's very hard to control the narrative. It's very hard to, to ban things outright. So what's the next best thing? The next best thing is to just create an environment where the political miasma is so overwhelming that people just, uh, you know, they give up. They stop caring completely. Uh, they stop. When you stop caring, you become apathetic to politics, to politicians, to voting. And that's when it really becomes um, a major issue. And that's when they really have a, a stranglehold on our society and our way of life and things start changing. Um, so, you know, we can't let that happen. We got to stay vigilant in our fight for the truth and call out these lies when we see them, you know, point out when you see online, if, if there's some sort of just completely inaccurate meme that, you know, isn't true or, you know, a grifter online that is just spreading misinformation and, you know, just call it out when you see it. And at the very least, don't share it. If you're unsure about whether or not it's, it's accurate. Um, cause sharing these things is, is the main issue of the problem. Um, you know, social media has such, such a large reach in such a short amount of time. You know, these memes are shared tens of thousands if not millions of times and they just they travel around every corner of the the globe real quick and people start parroting these these false nomers about very complex issues now i'd like to wrap up this episode with just um my take on you know what will actually happen from this impeachment will it work out for the dems will it hurt or help donald trump in his 2020 bid for re-election and one part of me thinks that it's actually going to help him. Uh, and that's probably the larger side of me, um, you know, because he's not going to get removed. So you're going to have low information people out there who aren't, you know, really privy to the facts and they're not really understanding what's going on or why it's happening. They're just going to see that he's not removed. So they're going to think that the Democrats failed at impeaching him and he he beat the charges so to speak again you know this russia collusion and now this and look the man you know nothing nothing sticks to him he just keeps beating them back there's going to be a large contingent of people that that plays for and they're going to think that you know he is innocent again and the facts don't add up and the democrats are just trying to overturn the election which is not what an impeachment is they're not trying to overturn an election. But there are going to be clearly all his supporters that are going to vote for him already are all already thinking that. But there's going to be people who may have um, stayed home um, that think that. And now they feel as though the man is deserving of their vote because he's constantly attacked and he beats them charges, so to speak, and they got to go out and support him because the Democrats are after him or the deep state is after him or whatever. And look, you know, he's he's actually true because he keeps beating 
the uh, the accusations against him. That is is going to happen for some portion of people out there. You know, we can only hope that it only happens to a smaller portion. And what it, this actually does is it motivates the people who are paying close enough attention um, that perhaps we're going to stay home or we're on the fence to go out and vote for the Democrat in 2020 because, you know, they've they've seen the facts laid out and they understand that what he did is an impeachable offense. Um, but like if I had to bet and I was a betting man, I would, I would not choose that outcome. I would go with the former, but Hey, well, you know, what do I know? Um, one thing is clear though, is that, you know, for the people out there who think voting doesn't matter, it definitely matters. The only reason that he was impeached and we've gotten this far to this point is because people went out and voted in the midterms these, this past time. And, you know, the Democrats uh, have a majority in the house. That's the only reason we are where we are. And the truth is trying to be uncovered and we're trying to uh, hold power accountable. So uh, voting definitely matters. You know, you can't get disenfranchised and, and just believe that, you know, your vote makes no change because that's not true. I mean, how do you, you think we've gotten this far and we've gotten, you know, the end of Jim Crow and we've gotten, you know, women's rights and we've gotten the five day work week and, and so on and so forth. I mean, that happened through people activating, people getting together and making change and then people, you know, enacting that change by voting. So it, it for sure 100% matters and we got to get out there in 2020 and just overwhelm um, the Trump voters because, you know, like I've said before, it's the only way we're going to win. You're not going to change their minds. If their minds haven't been changed by now, nothing will. So if you're sitting at home and you're on the fence, please don't stay on the fence and don't sit at home. Come 2020, get out there and vote for whichever Democrat is the nominee um, because, you know, while you might not agree with some of their policies or even most of their policies, you know, any one of the frontrunners that is going to be the nominee uh, is just a better option than Trump. They're just, one, they're just a better person. And two, they are uh, just more, they're, they're more intelligent, more understanding of politics and how government works and how to, how to navigate um, through the political system in a way that is more beneficial to the country at, at a, as a whole. So definitely get out and vote this time around if you didn't the last time around. So if you like the podcast and you want to support it, there are a few ways you can do that. You can share it on any one of your social media platforms. You can talk about it on your own podcast. You can rate and review it on all the relevant podcasting apps like Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, you can reach me at P-I-T-T-E-L-L-I, like it is, at gmail.com.